You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode here where I am doing another interview with a female. She is a coach herself. And let me just tell you this, gentlemen, she is on our side. That's right. She's on our side. She understands what men want. She understands how polarity works between the masculine and the feminine. And she's here today to just have a conversation about the truth about what makes men and women attracted to each other. And it's a really fun conversation. In fact, it was too short. It was way too short. I wish we would have done it for longer, but sometimes there's only enough time in the day to do the interviews. So maybe we'll have her back. We'll see. But we talk about the truth of what makes men and what makes women attracted. This is going to be some not politically correct speak. This is one of those conversations where if we were to have it in front of a live audience televised across the world, I'm sure because of what we're saying to be very polarizing, people would absolutely hate us and scream at us and say terrible things. And we even talk about that a little bit about some of the haters that we've each come across in our platforms, just because we do talk about some polarizing topics. And I think that it's going to be good for you to hear some of these things. So you understand that it's not watered down advice or watered down information. And understand that sometimes when it comes to attraction, and you'll hear what what I'm talking about as we go through the interview, but sometimes when it comes to attraction, it's not necessarily about what is fair. It's just about what is. So I wonder if I have you intrigued yet, but just understand it's not about what's fair. It's about what is. It's about the biological reactions in our bodies to what makes us attracted to a woman, to what makes a woman attracted to a man. and. It's going to be really interesting for you, and it's going to be very eye-opening for you, and a conversation that I have yet to have here on the podcast, especially with the, with the female. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's going to be fantastic for you. In fact, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts, or if you have any ideas based around what we talk about today, I know I'm being a little cryptic, but you'll hear soon. If you have any thoughts or ideas on what I'm saying here today, then I want you to DM me. Just DM me. My Instagram handle is tripadvice. And I would absolutely love to hear from you and be able to answer any questions for you. Maybe not over DM, but maybe you ask a question and then I can pop it on over to the podcast. But either way, DM me, tripadvice. She is a coach. I'm a coach. You're able to work with her. You'll hear about some of the things that she has to offer. And I rarely have coaches on these days. I do. I rarely have coaches on these days because I just don't find it necessary. It sounds kind of like a bunch of fluff. And to be honest, I've had all the coaches that I ever want to have on this podcast. Maybe in the future, I'll have other ones that are new on the scene, such as Alexi. I haven't even said her name, Alexi. So (laughs) Alexi here, she's new on the scene, but she brings a different angle. That's why I wanted to have her on the podcast. This was not some sort of like, oh, let's just get a coach on the podcast and chat. Like, I really wanted to talk to her. I found her on TikTok and her TikToks are awesome. The link for her TikTok is in the show notes. And she just talks about, again, a lot of masculine, feminine polarity and understanding what men want. So I wanted to have a conversation with her. So I'm very, very grateful that she responded. 
because I'm sure she's getting hit up. She's growing pretty fast, just in a few months, up to 80,000 on TikTok. So it's nice to have a coach on here where we're not just talking about, okay, what's your dating advice? and What's mine? And how does it compare? And oh, we agree on this. Again, not, not bashing any of my past episodes. I've loved all the episodes I've ever done, but I wanted to bring and want to bring more people on that are going to give you a fresh perspective, something you haven't heard before. And I want to not be as repetitive as possible when I have guests on. So anyway, Alexi does a great job. We have a great job. And speaking of the fact that we are both coaches, if you need help beyond the podcast, I can help you with that. I can help you with coaching. And the best way to get coaching from me, if you need help with meeting women, if you need help with online dating and getting more matches, I just got off the phone with a client literally about 20 minutes ago, and he's already going on dates from just the tweaks we've made in his profile pictures. So it's pretty crazy what you can do when you know the types of pictures to get that make the biggest difference. So even if you think you're not an attractive person, getting the right pictures does help. We help you with that in coaching. Pick out the right ones to have a profile that gets you more matches, but more specifically, who gives a shit about matches? Let's get you more dates. Let's get on dates with women. That's what we want you to do. And we want to get you on dates with women that you can go out and talk to. And we can do that as well through the coaching program by helping you beat your approach anxiety, go out there, feel more confident and approach women in person. So you can get a ton of leads, leads from online, leads from in person, and is incredible the results that my clients have been getting, whether they're working with me or one of my coaches here at TripAdvice. We care for you. We want you to succeed. We are here for you. Go to coachedbytrip.com. And that link is in the show notes, coachedbytrip.com to get help today. Fill out that application and we will be here for you. And now here for you is my interview with Alexi and myself. Here it is. Let's get into it. Hey, Alexi, good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And it's really exciting to have you on the podcast and here on the YouTube channel. People will be seeing it here as well. I just love your TikToks. They're Thank you so much. fantastic. I feel like... I know you're not trying to do this, but I'll say this anyways. You're like on the guy's side. And I don't know these days, it's very rare to find a woman who's on the guy's side who is really, truly trying to understand us. Not only are you doing that, but you're preaching that. And I think that's really cool. And there's a reason why your TikToks, they get pretty high views, right? Like, what was, what's some of your biggest ones? Yeah, I have one that is almost at 2 million. I had a couple others that reached a million and then I actually made them private because, you know, I've only been doing this for a few months on TikTok. So it's grown so fast. And sometimes the amount of hate and energy I get for certain things is just a little overwhelming. So, a few of my videos that have reached a million, I kind of made private because, you know, I just sometimes it's, it's a hey, bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. You're human. It's actually really interesting that you're saying this because I had a moment, I kid you not, 10 minutes before we started recording, I'm just kind of processing some of my own issues with that. I would create TikTok videos, but then I repurpose them to Instagram as well and on YouTube. And when I post on TikTok and when I post on Instagram Reels, that short form content goes out to men and women, even though I'm not speaking to women because I coach men. It's still just what it is. It's TikTok and it's 
reels. It goes out to everybody. And so I'm getting a tremendous amount of hate from women, not all women, but a lot of women dislike what I have to say. And it's funny, even because, again, it's TikTok and Reels, well, they're pushing out your content to people who are not even trying to find your content. I get a lot of hate from guys too. Yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable. And there's a couple things too, right? Because TikTok, you can only do a video for three minutes and then people will come in and attack you and say, what about X, Y, and Z? And it's like, you can only say so much in three minutes, exactly. right? And yes. then the other thing is that you know women are known, like even psychologically, they've done studies on this, that women have a tendency, they like to destroy reputations and gossip and slander, right? More than men do. And I have a lot of women that will come on and they'll comment other creators, like feminist creators that have millions of followers. And they'll say like, go destroy her, like take her down. And they'll create this mob and this cancel culture around me. And it's... Oh yeah, trust me. Yeah, same. (laughs) Same. I have this one woman who... It's crazy. I've never had this before. Like stalking me. And what they're doing is they're saying terrible things on my TikTok videos. And I'll block them because they're just being bully. And they're just saying terrible things. It's like, this is my house. And I don't need you here in my house. You're not invited. I know, of course, they're invited. It's social media. But they don't have to be invited. So I blocked her. And she keeps on creating new accounts and coming back. And it's like creeping me out. Now at this point, I've kind of like, whatever. But it's just, it's it's crazy how polarizing yeah. our topics of conversation are when we're talking about how men think, how women think. Just insane. What were you going to say? Yeah, yeah. I've blocked so many people. Sometimes people will come on and just, they'll just start fighting in the comment. And I don't even feel like dealing with it. I just go and I block. And then sometimes if you block them, you know, it triggers them to want to come back. It gives them more ammunition. So if you kind of just start ignoring them, they might go away. But I had a guy friend of mine that I ended up meeting from TikTok, who's a pretty big creator on there. We were going to do a podcast together, but it never came to fruition. And he did a really nice response video to this girl who was having marital problems. And they just totally took everything he said out of context. And so many creators like made a, a hit video on this guy and just ripped him to shreds. And he was so upset about it because he was like, I was trying to be helpful. Like I thought I was giving advice from the heart and they just, you know, they, it, it didn't take with them. And I, I was like, you know, some women, you just no matter what you say to them, they're not, it's not going to come through. Just don't even try. Yeah. And some of the guys too, who are showing their hate. And, you know, I come back to realizing that I'm creating content and I have a business that gives dating advice to men and it's going to just find the people it finds and it's going to attract the right people. And that's what it is. And even though there's going to be some outside noise, it's whatever. It's like, okay, I don't care if women hate me. I believe in everything that I say. And I'm not trying to attract them as someone who I'm trying to help anyways, because I'm helping just men. And the men who don't like it, well, that's fine. They're never going to like it. I don't need everybody to agree with me. I just want to attract the guys who need the most help. But it does, I'm still human. I'm not a robot. I have emotions. And so when someone comes in and bullies, it's just not cool. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think I've gotten thicker skin from it and I'm fine now. It's not like it hurt my feelings, like I'm crying in the corner. It more made me angry because it's like, you're not invited to this conversation. Especially when you're trying to be helpful, right? And when I first started my TikTok, I started doing a lot of videos on archetypes, which we might go over a little bit. And 
it was kind of helping women to understand what archetype they are, how to be more feminine. And then when I started doing more male positive content, my statistics went from like 85% female. I now have like 65% male followers now. Like it dropped off so much when I started doing... And I get a lot of women that'll say like, oh, you're sticking up for men and there's so many bad men out there. And it's like, but there's so many good men out there. And I'm so tired of hearing male bashing everywhere I go. There's no support for men anymore. So I don't want to add on to that conversation because that conversation needs to end. It needs to stop. Yeah. And I like what you're saying there too. It's like, yeah, you know, this all started with the Me Too movement and the rise of third wave feminism. And I understand, yeah, there are a lot of bad men out there. There's a lot of men doing really shitty stuff. But what happens now, and I feel like maybe we're part of the solution to try to tip it to the other side is it's gone so far of cancel culture on a lot of guys, but there's all these amazing men out there who are getting kicked to the ground because of what's happening here and hearing that men suck, men suck. And there's so many great guys who are not doing anything remotely wrong, immoral, illegal, who just want to meet a woman. Like I talk to these guys every day. The guys who are listening to this podcast right now, I know that every single one of these guys are great guys who just want to up their dating game. That's it. They're not out to hurt anyone. I mean, I get on the phone with these guys every single day and they say things to me that women would not believe. Like great things. Like, oh, I just want a girl to just treat her right. And I just want an amazing woman. And it's just like, wow. And and all of a sudden, we're having this big conversation about how you know men are terrible, men are the problem. And it just it's just too much. Yeah. It is a lot. I was at dinner one night with a friend and her boyfriend and, you know, she's got some trauma responses from, you know, being with bad men. And, you know, he was saying, I have to pay for all the things that all these men before me did to her, you know, and unfortunately this tends to happen and the good men get kind of stuck with the women that had, I mean, a lot of women, right. Have had something bad happens to them, maybe, you know, and then they kind of have to work through that with the woman they're with. Yeah, it's tough. But let's rewind a little bit because I want to give you a proper introduction. Maybe you can tell the guys who you are and why you're here on the podcast to speak on this. Like, How did you get into all this stuff? So I got into all of this kind of stuff several years ago. Actually, I was briefly, briefly married in my early 20s. And I was having issues in my relationship. And a friend of mine kept telling me to read a book called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but... No, I have not. I've heard of most of these books, but I'm curious to hear what it's yeah, about. Yeah, she's amazing. It's a book of you know inherited wisdom from women who've had great relationships with men and how to understand men, how to communicate with men. And she has this concept called frog farming. So she says a lot of women will meet a prince and she'll basically turn him into a frog in the relationship by her own behaviors. And, you know, by emasculating him, by nagging him, by just not understanding how men operate, right? And I was seeing a lot of the things in this book that, you know, I started to see, wow, actually, you know, not that my ex was perfect, you know, he definitely had a lot of things that we were just not compatible, but there are a lot of things that I was doing to contribute to the failure of our relationship. And I started to realize, you know... I have great men in my life. My father is amazing. My uncles are amazing. Like I don't have like trauma around men, but I also kind of 
felt like, you know, no one really told me how to understand men in a relationship. So I stumbled upon this woman who is a very well-known sexologist in Russia. She's like the number one. She's been featured in Forbes. Her name is Natalia Kobikina. And I started taking workshops with her and it just opened my eyes and made me see, you know, there's different archetypes of women, different archetypes of men. You know, I was attracting in the wrong archetype. When I started to understand who I was, I attracted in my partner who's, you know, it's the best relationship I've ever had. I did a lot of healing work on myself. I started to really understand men and how they operated. And I got on TikTok to just kind of throw some ideas out there and it just blew up. You know, I've only been on there for like almost three months and I already have 80,000 followers. So you know, it just kind of shows that what I'm saying, like rings true for a lot of men, you know, how they are. And I get a lot of comments from men that say, you know, thank you so much for speaking on our behalf and understanding how we are. So can you give an example of like what one of those things would be? Like what's one thing where you said about men where a guy's like, oh yeah, that's, that's who we are. Um, Well, today, for instance, I did a video on how men like to be needed, right? Men like to feel like heroes. They like to step up to the plate for a woman, right? A lot of times women are like, I'm smarter than you. I can do it all. I don't need your help. I don't need a man, you know? And they kind of shun men like, I don't need you. And then a man is like, well, then what's my purpose here? Like men like to do things for women. You know, it's like I had a client the other day. I had her for a home task, ask a man for help every day in some capacity. And I noticed this myself too. She mentioned that she was at the grocery store and couldn't reach something. So she asked a man for help and he... He was so happy to help her, right? Like they like to be of service. I know it's kind of silly maybe even, but you know, whenever I've been with a man who's taught me something or I'm listening to him and he's sharing his wisdom or his insights and I'm truly listening to him and learning, like it makes him feel good, right? Men don't want to go to dinner with a woman who's like, I know everything, I know more than you. And she's trying to like school him on stuff, which is what a lot of like intelligent, confident women do. You know, even Jordan Peterson says, like, since men are young, they kind of do things to impress a woman. You know, that's kind of what drives them to be successful is to impress a woman. And Napoleon Hill actually wrote about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich, as well. Now, what you just said there, I know that females would hear that who would disagree. What would the woman who hears that, what would they say in disagreement to that? So I had a woman say, so you're basically telling me to dumb ourselves down and like make ourselves seem less than to like appease a man's ego, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and what's your and what's your response to that? It's not really about dumbing yourself down, like, or disrespecting yourself. It's allowing, a, you know, I did a video that was basically, you know, I was carrying heavy luggage outside of my apartment and my friend ran outside and she was like, no, 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 don't do that. There's men inside who can help you. I was struggling, you know, but I'm strong. I can do it on my own. And I said, I can do it. It's fine. And she said, just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. And then we went inside and asked the guys for help. And they were like, yeah, like, let's go help her. And then I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And they, you know, it gave them like a boost, you know? And it's like, I hear women so much complain that I do everything around the house. My husband doesn't do anything for me. Like I take care of everything. He's useless. All these things. It's like, yeah, he was probably trying to do things for you, but you told him he sucked at it. You criticized him too much. You told him he's doing it wrong and he got tired of listening to it. So he doesn't want to help you anymore. And then they get this burden, you know, this whole 
feminist movement has created more responsibilities for women because they're not only working full time, but they're also you know, bearing children and being mothers and all this stuff. And they want help from men, but they won't allow a man to help them. So it's like, how am I disrespecting myself by asking a man to lift something up for me? Or why am I disrespecting myself because I'm asking a man to teach me something about something I may already know, but he feels great when he's telling me this and I'm this receiver of information. I don't want to be in my masculine role all the time. I don't want to be the winner and the the strong person all the time. I want to relax and be a lady and be taken care of and provided for and protected for. Like, why is a man going to want to protect me if I tell him I can protect myself? He's not going to do it, right? Can we also say this too? Can we all just admit that sometimes we're going to have to do things that we don't necessarily enjoy or like to get the results we want? So let's just say... To use another analogy of working out, and then I'll come back to this to make it all make sense. All right, sometimes we got to do things we don't like, but they know that they achieve the result we want. Do I want to really focus hardcore on what I'm eating and go to the gym all the time? I mean, I do, but that's also a lot of work, and we don't really want to do that work, and it becomes very draining. Okay, so what else? Let's talk about attraction. Sometimes there's things that you know you need to do that you don't want to do, but it achieves the result. Here's another simple explanation. Let's say a guy shows up in shorts and sandals to a nice dinner on a date. Is the girl going to think he's attractive? Probably not, right? I think we can all understand that. But I'm sure there's a lot of guys, and I don't blame them, who would like to show up with sandals and shorts. Why? It's easy, it's comfortable, and we don't have to think much. But is that going to get the result? No. So you have to do the things that you need to do to sometimes get the result. And attraction isn't necessarily like fair. And how it works is it's not fair in the sense where just because it's something we want to do doesn't mean that's going to achieve the result. So back now to what you were saying with this woman and the idea of dumbing herself down. Well, I don't think it's dumbing herself down, but it is maybe letting the guy talk a little bit more and teach her something, even though maybe she thinks she can outsmart him. Well, maybe it's okay in that instance for you as a woman to not do that and not overpower conversation because that's not going to be attractive. Maybe that's not something you want to do, but I think what you're trying to say, Alexi, here and the things that you're teaching is that there are things that we need to do as men, as women, to be able to attract the opposite sex. What do you think about that? Yeah. And actually, you know, a lot of people might disagree with this, but the lady that I learned from, Natalia, she... I mean, she's a smart woman. She's a psychiatrist. You know, she does worldwide conventions. She actually makes more money than her husband. But she even says, like, I dumb myself down in front of my husband. Like, she's like, I don't know what it is. He loves it. He loves it when I act like I can't do something or like I don't know something, you know? And like, so she kind of like plays this role with him and it works for her. And she's like, I don't know why it works. But like, if you look at Marilyn Monroe, she was a smart woman. She was like the first studio owner as a female and she did her own movies. I mean, she was way ahead of her own time, right? If you look at the roles she played, she acted like this naive girl. She would look up to men like, oh, you're my hero. Like, you're so great. And like, why do people celebrate Marilyn Monroe so much? She was beloved from everyone. She's still an icon. And she had this kind of behavior with men and they were falling all over her. They wanted to do everything for her, you know, because she had this sense of like innocence about her. She wasn't trying to dominate a man by saying like, I own my own studio. I make more money than you. I'm smarter than you. Like she was like this feminine woman, you know? And 
I'm not saying like you have to be like a stupid woman to attract a man, but or a woman who doesn't make money or someone who's powerful. Like I'm thinking you would agree. I mean, you're a business owner yourself mm-hmm. and I'm sure you want to make money. And so obviously you're not going to put yourself down for that. So yeah, I think that's fine. Like, of course that's fine. It's funny. I say fine. I could get attacked for that, but yes, that's good. Right? Like I don't think any man cares if the woman's making this much or that much money. It's just the qualities of what happens when they're together that are going to make him attracted to her. And in this case, it's like, I almost see what Marilyn Monroe, it sounds like she was actually respecting men. Like It sounds like it's very respect and we feel respected when a woman is listening to us or letting us give a little bit of advice or helping in a way. All the guys I talk to, we're not attracted to dumb women. Yeah. It's not like be dumb. Like men don't like that. I don't know any man who's ever told me that, oh, they love it when the girl's so stupid. Like, of course not, right? <laughs> so it's not about being dumb. It's more just kind of like, I don't know. What what are we saying here? It's like not overpowering or not coming and taking so much charge and dominance. Yeah, you know, my partner, he is a very successful businessman. It's a family business passed down from generation to generation. And his grandfather, who is kind of like the patriarch of the family, told my partner. Find a woman who's smarter than you. My partner is very intelligent. Like he's, you know, went to three different Ivy League schools. He's teaches me things all the time. And he still feels like, in a sense, I'm smarter than him in certain ways, right? And it's not that I try to be smarter than him. It's not like who's smarter than who. But he likes that I'm smart. We can have an intelligent conversation about a lot of things in life. And I still learn so much from him. I mean, I think he's actually probably in the grand scheme of things, probably more smarter than I am. Not that it matters, but he likes that I'm smart. But I also don't try to like win him over with my intelligence or I don't try to like be boastful about my intelligence or anything. I think he just likes that we can banter, but he also likes that I'm feminine. He always says, you're the most feminine woman. He likes that I'm receptive to him, that I don't try to overpower him, that I don't try to like tell him what to do or tell him what to think. You know, like I let him lead the relationship and be the man in the relationship. And he knows I'm smart, but do I sometimes like ask for help and like need things and ask for advice? Yeah, sure. Ask him for advice all the time. Like I respect him as a man. Like I look up to him. I think he's wonderful. So I don't try to like be this, you know, and I guess a woman would say, well, you need a quality 50, 50 in a relationship. And, but I think my role as the equal is different than like, being equal. Does that make sense? I want to dive into that. I think I understand, but try to explain it yourself until I. Well, I think that, and I would, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I know, but you know, men are attracted to women on the capacity that they have an open heart, right? Like the capacity a woman can love makes her attractive. So the more loving you are to a man, the more nurturing you are to a man, the more caring you are to a man. You know, I had a client the other day, this a man who's been married for almost 20 years. I asked him what he liked about his wife. He didn't say, oh, she's so smart. She's a boss. She's this, she's that. He said, I love that she, you know, she makes me home cooked meals from scratch every day. The house always smells amazing. She loves having friends over, my friends over. She loves to give gifts. She's a giving, loving woman. I'm still attracted to her. Like he likes her feminine nature. She doesn't, compete with him in the workforce. They actually run like a family business together, but you know, she doesn't have like a equal part with him in that because she also has children with him. But, you know, as a woman, I believe that, you know, there's 
And they would say, maybe this is outdated gender roles, but if my partner, which is true, brings in most of the income and the money, he's the provider, someone has to take care of the home. The home is a business, right? The marriage is a business and someone's got to cook, someone's got to clean, someone's got to, you know, be there for the children. You know, I have my place in the home that I think I have my strengths. My strength is not making millions of dollars every year. Like I've done the like nine to five, you know... I worked in real estate, you know, made a lot of money and stuff, but like that was not where I found joy. I find joy in, you know, my partnership and building a family and all these things. And I think that a lot of women would say the same, you know? So I guess in a sense, like, you know, he has his strengths and what he wants to do, which is, you know, building this brand, this business that he has with his family. And then my role is like in the home and we're equal because he provides in a certain way and I provide something different. I provide love, nurturing, all of the emotional side of things. And they say in astrology, if you believe in that kind of thing, um, men are ruled by Saturn, which is about uh, responsibility, protection, providing, you know, that kind of stuff. And women are ruled by the moon, the emotional side of life, the nurturing side of life. You know, they say if a woman is unhappy in the home, everyone's unhappy because she's the emotional center. She has to be happy and radiate happiness to everybody and love. And then in turn, like the husband will reflect that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Listen, I don't preach that women should be in the kitchen and they should be at home and they should be taking care of the kids. I don't preach that. But I do think that it does seem to work out pretty well. And it is a beautiful relationship when there is that type of partnership. When the man does the thing to bring in the money and the woman takes care of the home, both equally important jobs can't have one without the other. And that's how I see it as being equal. And it turns out that our natural essence of masculinity and femininity tend to come out in those roles itself. So it does seem to be a very beautiful partnership. And again, that doesn't mean I don't think, and again, I'm not trying to like save my butt here. Women don't listen to this. Uh, but still, it, it goes without saying, is that I don't believe you know that women should not be boss ladies and trying to make money and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if that's what they're going to do and not bring any kind of nurture or femininity in the home, they're in for trouble. A man's just not going to want that. Again, I don't think men care. I even have a lot of guys who tell me that they're very attracted to women who are smart and entrepreneurs and do all that stuff. So I don't think that that ever is the problem. It's that there's no balance. It's like imagine if the man was doing that and he was just you know always playing a role that was very feminine and he wasn't doing anything masculine. You better believe that that woman's going to be unattracted to him too. Well, that's why a lot of women cheat because, you know, men who are, you know, maybe on the lazier side, they have low testosterone, you know, we're chemically attracted to testosterone. It's what attracts a woman to a man. And if a man is not, you know, out there working and building something and having a purpose, like she stops being attracted to him. And that's why a lot of women end up cheating on their husbands or leaving a man or like why these kinds of men can't get women. And, you know, I look at the relationships in my family that have worked and, the ones that have worked and have happily stayed together are traditional role relationships. It's just what I've seen. Interesting, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the woman I learned from, she, as I mentioned, she makes more than her husband. She, you know, is very successful. And I'm not saying you can't do that. The problem is, is that when you're a woman and you're, you know, men have testosterone. They're built to wake up early in the morning and work long hours. And they're driven by this kind of force. Women we have estrogen. We're more sensitive. That's why, you know, a lot of women go and be teachers or nurses and they're more caring, right? 
And working in a masculine workforce is difficult. I've done it myself. It's difficult and it's stressful. And it's the kind of work, you know, that I don't really necessarily enjoy doing. You know, some women do, but the problem is, is that they go to work and they work this nine to five job or they're working long hours. They come home, they're exhausted. And then the men come home and they're exhausted. And then it's like, well, who's going to cook dinner? Who's going to clean? Who's going to watch after the kids? And then it becomes this kind of like weird gray area of like, what are we going to do? And I think a lot of men want a woman that's in a sense, traditional, that's going to be raising the children and being there for the kids, you know, and women that are working full time, it's difficult for her to do both, you know, because it's exhausting. So she wants him to, you know, help my uncle, for instance, you know, he became very, very successful. My aunt stayed at home. He worked every night till 11 PM to build his business that he sold at 50 for millions of dollars and is now happily retired. But, you know, my aunt, like she had to be there for the kids because he was always working, you know, and he provided, but she took care of the home, the cooking, the children, the yard, you know, paying the bills on time, like managing the household, like managing their whole lives, you know, and his purpose was go to work, make money. And they, I mean, they're still happily married and they travel the world together. And, you know, and I've seen this kind of dynamic. And I asked her one day, I said, do you regret giving up? She had an opportunity to move to New York City to be a supermodel. And I said, do you regret, you know, not being a career woman? And she said, no, I have no regrets. I have a great life, you know? (laughs) I mean, and then you meet women that, you know, they don't like being at home with their kids. They prefer working. So it's, it's really, and that's why I talk about archetypes a lot in my content, because the queen archetype is a woman that's not naturally maternal. She's more of a woman that will want to have a career and that's more of her nature and that's okay. And then you have the girl lover archetype or the mother archetype even, and they're more, I want to have children. So there's, and I can tell usually when I meet a woman, if she's a girl lover, if she's a mother archetype, or if she's a queen. And I have a lot of queens in my life who have children and they like it, but I feel like they get more, I don't know, like ego satisfaction or something from going to a job. I mean, they love their kids. They love being a mom, but they don't have as strong of a maternal drive as other women would, I guess. So what do we do with that information? That's interesting. Do you, do you tell the queens not to have children? I mean, what do you, well, like, where, where do we, what do we, it's very drastic advice, but well, I think, what, do we, you know, what do we do with that? I think every situation is so personal, right? Like I know a queen archetype who has three kids and sometimes we wonder like, is she really happy, you know, in this situation? And then I see queens that have kids and they enjoy motherhood, but they may have one kid, but queens go really good with manager archetypes and manager archetypes are the men that are more sensitive, that are men that are going to want to cook, that are going to want to, you know, maybe be the stay-at-home dad. They're more of the nurturing kind of men, not as maybe career-driven. So usually a queen will attract in a manager archetype, and he's a man that's going to be more helpful in the house for her to support her and her dreams. So it's kind of like roles, the masculine and feminine roles reverse in a way. My friend's parents are like that. A friend of mine, his parents, you just described it perfectly. She's super powerhouse. They're multimillionaires. She's a big CEO in some companies. I'm not, I, I should not name. And he does that. He's like the manager type. And it works so well. They have a beautiful relationship. Been married for decades. And he plays more of that, what you would consider, I guess, that maybe feminine role or feminine qualities. And, and it works. It almost feels like 
and I'm not drawing this conclusion or even giving advice here necessarily, but from what I've heard, so there's anecdotally, plus what I've heard from other very smart people say who have been in these fields of relationship and human development for so long, I only can draw the conclusion that a household is going to be better when you don't have king-queen. When you have someone in the role of taking like the money position, the powerhouse position in that sense, and then there's someone who's taking more of the managerial role or taking care of the home. Or, I mean, again, and I haven't studied too much on this. I guess you could go the route, well, if there's two money powerhouses, that means that there's a lot of money coming in that you can have help, right? You can have a nanny, you can have maids and cooks and all those things. But then it begs the question of, well, then why are you even a parent? It's like, why did you decide to have kids if both parents are away working so much? It's like, yeah, I guess you kind of want it all. You want the home and the money and the kids. But I don't know. Again, I'm questioning this because I don't know myself. Intuitively, it seems, is that really going to be good for the kids? Yeah. So that's a great question. So you're right. Queens do not go well with rulers. And a lot of times queens will want a ruler or they might get married. But what ends up happening is there's too many ego battles. There's too many fights for dominance. And the woman takes on too much of a masculine role. And I've actually seen this play out where a man, you know, he respected his wife. He was like, she's so smart she's so capable, she's more successful, all these things. And he was like, she doesn't need me. And they didn't have a sex life because he wasn't sexually attracted to her anymore. And he ended up cheating on her with this younger woman who kind of had, she just wasn't as successful. And she looked up to him as the ruler, like, oh, wow, you're a king. Like, you're so amazing, you know? And he liked that. He liked feeling needed by this woman or he liked feeling desired by this woman. And this man felt like he had a purpose with this younger woman because he felt like a king in her eyes. And with his wife, he didn't feel that way. He felt like she was his like colleague or, you know, competitor almost. Right. And when you start competing with a man as a woman, the sex drive for the man goes down because he doesn't want to compete with his wife, you know, and that's kind of the problem of like the rulers and the Queens. They just, they don't go well together. Can't Um, imagine a woman liking that either competing with her man. Yeah, you know, I like, don't know. In terms of sexual attraction, I don't know. That isn't... Well, what ends up happening is she ends up attracting in a manager. And if she doesn't kind of change her competitive, aggressive ways, what happens is she starts to emasculate the manager because she doesn't respect him because he's not as much of a leader and she'll want to go out and find a ruler, but the ruler doesn't want to date her because she's too combative or too competitive. So she ends up not being able to generate any kind of long-lasting relationship. And this is kind of an issue that I see amongst a lot of these types of women. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. I want to rewind a little bit to talking about attraction since we only have so much time left here. I want to talk about this idea of attraction in terms... I guess it's adding on to what we were saying here. You said a man cheated and went for a younger woman. And I just recently had someone on the podcast who was what we considered a very modern day woman, um, third wave feminist, I would assume. And she said that she felt that the reason why a man would be attracted to, let's say, a 25-year-old versus a 35-year-old or even maybe a 40-year-old will make it a little bit more drastic, right? 25 versus 40. She said it's because subconscious patriarchal roles 
And I said, what does that mean? And she says, well, that means that subconsciously men just want to dominate over women. They're attracted to her weakness, that guys are attracted to their weakness and want to be in the powerful role. And I was like, what are you talking? Really? I can pick out a guy off the street, a random guy, and show him a picture of a 40-year-old and 25-year-old. He's going to think the 25-year-old is more attractive. We'll just make it say that the 25-year-old and 40-year-old are the same person. And that's because he's attracted to a weak woman. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't say that, but that's in my head, unfiltered. I'm like, that's, that does not seem logical. That seems crazy to me. What are your thoughts on that? So yeah, that's a great question. Some guy had posted something about patriarchy versus tyranny and patriarchy exists to, you know, have a kind of a traditional family that provides and protects women. And tyranny is what wants to control and oppress, I guess you could say. So I think some people may have these like skewed ideas that patriarchy is bad when actually in a sense, it's not bad for women. It's, you know, it's existed in a way to support the protection and providing for a woman to be able to have kids and a family and that kind of thing, right? So this is what it is. It's that younger women display, and an older woman can display this as well. Marilyn Monroe, again, I'm going to give her as an example because she is a perfect example of this archetype, but it's the girl lover archetype. And the girl lover archetype is a woman or it's an energy of a woman who is joyful, a woman who is loving, a woman that's not, you know, very stressed out all the time. She's not a know-it-all. She's a woman who can enjoy life. She can relax. She can bring joy and love to a man. She's a little bit naive in a sense, but she has a, a sense of wonder about her where she, you know, she's in awe of the world and she's not burdened by life or she's not maybe traumatized by life. She's not had a lot of things to complain about, for example, right? I mean, an older woman can display these traits. Marilyn Monroe was in her thirties and she still had this dynamic about her. But, you know, a lot of times men like that younger woman energy because she's easy to be with. She's easy to love. She's not trying to compete with him. She's not trying to dominate him. She's light. She's got a light, airy, loving energy. Yeah. And when you're a woman yeah. at 40, she's wiser or she has gone through a lot of life. Maybe she's divorced. Maybe she's a little bit tainted by relationships. She's had to like work on her own and provide for herself. And she's maybe a little bit more cynical, I guess you could say, more cynical about life. She can't relax. She's worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. She's worried about you know, paying the bills or whatever the case may be. She's just not as light or as enjoyable to be around. Whereas a younger woman, and I saw this actually with a a girl I was friends with. She used to go out with men. We would go out to dinners and stuff in New York City. And she would have men just like eating out of the palm of her hand. And this woman was in her thirties. She was a beautiful woman, you know, played piano. She had all these kinds of talents and stuff, but she was just easy to be around. And she would like listen to men when they would talk and she would praise them and she was just like loving and she just friendly, friendly, you know, and just enjoyed life. And they loved being around her because of it. it had nothing to do with like her age or what she looked like. I mean, she was pretty, she wasn't the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Like it had nothing to do with looks. It had to do with how they felt around her presence, you know, and a lot of women become, you know, especially when they become really smart and successful, they become very critical because they're like, I know what's best. I'm smart. 
and they kind of nitpick, right? And a younger woman, and not all younger women, because I'm sure younger women can be the same way, they're just easier and more loving. They're just easier to be around. And men want to be with women that are easy to be with. Like they don't want to fight in their relationships. They're out work fighting. They're fighting the world. They want to come home and feel like they have a safe place to land where they're loved, you know, and older women sometimes, not all older women, but in a sense may not provide that. And that's why they go for younger. It has nothing to do with wanting to control. I mean, maybe some situations, you know, maybe. Yeah, there's always exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're not like, oh, I want a younger woman because I want to control and manipulate her. And a lot of times I see older men date younger women because they're more experienced. The older men are more experienced. They're more worldly. And they like this girl-like nature, this uh, naive nature where they're like, I want to mentor a younger woman. I want to show her the world. I want to teach her things. Like it gives him a purpose to kind of like build that woman up to be a greater woman. And they're attracted to that versus, you know, maybe it's like a starter wife kind of thing. And, and if a man wants that, then that's what he wants and that should be okay. Right. I don't think it's any kind of like brainwashing. I think it's just personal preference. Yeah. And there's things that women want too. And I'd love to have you back. And I want to talk about those things too. We're just out of time here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always keep these interviews short just because I have other interviews and other calls that I have to do. Totally. I could, I could do another hour with you easily here. This has been very enjoyable and I knew that it would be. Where can guys find you if they want to see more about what you're doing? Can they get coaching from you or do you just work with women? Yeah, no, I do coaching with men. I have a male client I'm working with right now, right after this. They can go to my website, alexiturner.com. I do workshops with men and women. And then they can find my content on TikTok, which is Empress Collective. Cool. I'm going to put all that in the show notes so guys can find you. Thanks so much for being here. I know this is so abrupt as an ending, but it was it was really enjoyable. Thank you for having me. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. I felt no, not at all. This is why I have people to come on to to hear you and and hear the guests speak on on their opinions and thoughts and expertise. So thanks for doing it. I'll keep on following you on TikTok. And like I said, love to have you back in the future to keep on talking about this. This is an interesting episode. Guys, You know, this is just to give you another perspective on things and to hear a woman who's on your side. A little bit of a balance from some of the previous female guests we've had on. And it's good to hear all the sides of everything. So again, Alexi, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Trip. I appreciate it. 